Welcome to Your Life Designed, a podcast that inspires you to grow into your potential and possibility. You are listening to Your Life Designed with Laura Carocci podcast, episode number 82. Hello, my friends. I have been AWOL for a few weeks. Thank you so much for all of your emails and messages and Insta messages, DM, whatever you call them, messages. I've received so many wishing me well. Um, some of you are a bit worried about me having a brace on my leg for six weeks and what that might do to my brain. Um, I've really appreciated all those messages and thank you so much. And also lots of feedback regarding episode 80, all about my recent retreat. Um, I really love receiving feedback please keep sending that. Um, I also love getting emails about ideas and topics, questions, um, and things that you'd love to hear on the podcast. I'm thinking about maybe starting to every five or 10 episodes deal with a listener question. So let me know what you think about that. And if you have questions or topics. Um, but I really love receiving your feedback. So please keep sending that. And also thank you for those of you who have reviewed the podcast on iTunes. It makes a huge difference for me. It helps others find out about the podcast and even just suggesting it to a friend. Have you done that? Would you mind doing that? I really appreciate it when people do that. It's a really easy way of being able to promote the podcast. I really appreciate it because it's not a type of media or format where you can forward a link or tweet a part of it or um, Instagram an image from it. Uh, So I really do rely on you guys sharing the podcast, doing a review or suggesting it to a friend and I really appreciate that. So it has been a while and I am sorry for not being in your ears for a few weeks. Um, I last recorded the podcast episode 80 uh, when I was on just before the school holidays here in South Australia. And a lot has happened since then. So we had the school holidays, they're two weeks, and damn, I loved them. I do turn into a bit of turbo mum, um, which when I talk about my fractured leg, that yins and yangs it out a little bit, but I do turn into turbo mum a bit on school holidays. We did so much stuff. The weather was cooler, which makes for a lot more fun in my house us all being very fair and not coping particularly well in the heat. We did the tree climb here in Adelaide, which was awesome. We did that twice. We went bike riding. We went to a nature play forest festival at Kaipo Forest, which was awesome. Lots of rock climbing and trampoline and arts and craft and cooking and beach swims, which sounds crazy because it was cold, but it's perfect for us because we don't need any sunscreen. (laughs) And we went crabbing and dog walking and we went to see Aladdin the musical and I just loved it. My husband was away for a a portion of the holidays in China and so I got the kids to myself, which feels selfish to say. It is a bit selfish, but I really like having them to myself because we're a little tribe, the three of us girls. Um, And I did manage to work a lot better uh, this time around than the year before. I managed my health, my workload, my private clients and my mind a lot better compared to this time last year, Um, which is nice to notice that there's a bit of growth, a bit of evolution, which it's rewarding to be able to reflect back. And noticing where you were last year compared to now in your thinking and how you're going about life is a really good thing to do. It's a good gauge. Just think about for yourself where you were in May 2018 compared to May right now, 2019. 
what's been your main evolution, your main growth? What's been the positive stuff and what might be still lingering that might need your attention? In terms of the yin and the yang of Turbo Mum, the yin of that was that as soon as my kids went back to school, I fell down the stairs. I was up in the attic getting up out a big box of things and uh, fell down the stairs. And I fractured my patella, strained my ACL and did some damage to my posterior ligament chain behind my knee. And I fell down the stairs at 8am in the morning and hit the ground. I think I was in a bit of shock, but I breathed it out until 4pm that day when I had an appointment with the kids to get all our flu vaccinations. And when I went to see our GP, she said, you need to go to the emergency department, which is what I did. And I've had some fantastic care from a good friend of mine who's an orthopaedic surgeon, who, and he's just been amazing and dealing with all my questions about, can I do squats? Can I do weighted squats with a bar on my back? I did ask him when he said I could walk as much as I want in this leg brace that they've put me in for six weeks. I said, can I walk? Yep. Can I walk as far as I want? Yep. Can I walk carrying this kid's school bags and all their stuff? Yep. Can I go for a run? At which point he looked at me like I was a little bit crazy. Um, And the answer was no. So post falling down the stairs and getting all my MRIs and x-rays, I've been put in a leg brace for six weeks to get my leg all healed up. And I'm assured that there is a very good, very strong probability that I will be skiing in January. I hope so, because we've booked and paid for our family holiday to go skiing in France in January. And I would like to ski rather than be in the chalet making food for everyone. So everything's going much better. But I did have a couple of weeks off the podcast, not because I couldn't sit and record this podcast for you, but because sure enough, the day I felt down the stairs was the day I had set aside to record a big block of podcasts, a batch of podcasts, because my podcast editor was going on leave that the end of that day. So I had to call it and say, do you know what? Sometimes the universe tells you you're just not going to be able to deliver for a few days, a few weeks, and that's okay. Um, so that's what's been going on. You may remember that I was thinking about this the other day, that this time last year, just before the same school holidays, not after, was when my appendix burst and I was in hospital for two weeks. So you're probably right to think that maybe there is something still lingering around that I haven't been addressing. (laughs) When I talk to you, when I suggest to you that you notice what your evolution has been since May last year to May this year, and also what might be still hanging around that you haven't been looking at, that's certainly been the case for me for the last three weeks, dealing with being in a leg brace and not being able to do all the things I normally do. If you know me and you know me well, you have probably heard me say many, many times in our friendship or relationship, something along the lines of, although pretty much word for word is how I typically say it, you would have to strap me to a bed and sedate me in order to stop me walking and training every day. And I've said that for a very long time. And of course, I've had my leg in a brace and I haven't been able to go hiking every day and train like I normally train. Although I have a fantastic physio who's given me a program so I can keep doing something, which is so important for my mental health. Uh, I do need to do some form of exercise and movement every day, like most of us do, to feel mentally stable. (laughs) But the last few weeks, I really have been limited in what I can do. And what's come up is all the fear underneath the constant moving that I tend to do. And yes, I meditate, but I meditate at 4am before I get up 
and start moving all day long. And I take time to contemplate, but I typically do that while I hike or I swim. And I sit down to eat, yes, most most of the time. <laughs> but I have known for a very, very long time that I do have a fear of sitting still. And if you know me well, you'd probably be nodding your head right now. Uh, I have I had a workshop this week at South Australian Health and Medical Research Institute, SAMRI. Yeah, South Australian Health and Medical Research Institute. I had a two-day workshop there this week. And I enrolled in this workshop last year. And every time I thought about it or flicked ahead and saw it in the diary, I felt that familiar mix of fear and a deep desire to pull out. That is very familiar for me. Even after hurting my leg and it being put in a leg brace, I didn't want to do it. I said to my girlfriend, I can't think of anything worse than sitting down for two days in a room and listening to someone talk. And she sort of was like, oh, that's a bit odd. (laughs) People go to workshops and programs and lectures all the time. And if there's something that involves sitting down for hours on end, I really don't want to do it. And often when I've committed to it, my brain likes to think about how I can get out of it, how I might be sick. Maybe the kids will be sick. Maybe I can cancel. Maybe I won't be able to get a babysitter. Long lunches, full day workshops, lectures, long drives, long flights, basically anything that requires more than 30 minutes sitting down. I don't want to do it. And if I have spare time, I do anything to avoid it. I clean the windows, I pull weeds, I vacuum, I go for a run, I walk to the shops, I take the kids and the dog to the park. I run around basically finding jobs to do, anything to avoid sitting down. Why? What is with this fear? It's the same thing that you may feel about perhaps it's sitting still for you too. Or maybe it's the fear of me telling you you're not going to watch television every night for the next month. Or you're not going to have your phone to check when you sit at the bar waiting to meet friends for the next year. Or maybe it's the fear that's underneath that snacking you find yourself doing every time you've got spare time. Or that friend you call or your mum that you always call or message every time you've got space. Checking emails, checking your apps, your newsfeed, Instagram. What do you do to fill in that little bit of space, that little bit of opportunity you have to just be alone with yourself? And why are we all so damn scared of being left alone with ourself? And we are all a bit scared of that being left alone with just us and our thoughts and all the stuff that goes on inside. For me, in the past, there were periods of times where I would eat or drink wine (laughs) that um, was my go-to to avoid that sitting with myself time. And they were the things that I could pinpoint really easily because they cause damage in your life, overeating and drinking too much. And so there was a bit of nobility, nobleness. There was a bit of ego involved in being able to stop them because they're not healthy and not good for you. But for my entire adult life, since I can even tell you the year, since the year 2001, yeah, since the year 2001, my entire adult life, movement has been the big one for me, the one I refuse to let go of, the one thing that's healthy, it's good for you. It's a really good addiction to have, right? It's also a great way to avoid being alone with yourself, with your true self, with all the stuff underneath. So the last three weeks I've been faced with all the stuff 
that lives beneath the constant moving and learning to love that stuff. And then once I've learned to love it, learning to question that stuff, ask, is that true? Is it always true? Is it true for me right now? To test if it's true. And if it isn't, to let it go. So what has that stuff been? Gosh, lots. (laughs) Some things like fear of being fat. Fear of being seen as lazy. Fear of feeling like I'm not worthy. A really funny thought, a funny fear that my parents think I'm a disappointment. That came up. Mm. I had got to see how I hide behind parenting and motherhood and homemaking as an excuse as to why I can't do other things. Hiding behind the busyness to avoid doing things that I want to say no to but I think I need an excuse for rather than saying, no, I don't really like going out for dinner. No, I don't really want to go to that all-day lunch. Rather than just owning it, being able to use the fact that I'm busy doing other things, filling up that space. A little bit of, I noticed, a little bit of, I think, delayed mourning of my old career as a lawyer, which sounds odd, right? But I've noticed that there's a bit of me. I caught up with a friend of mine who uh, has had a previous previous corporate career and studied law and now wants to finish a part of your graduate diploma in legal practices practice called your PLT. I don't know what it stands for. Practical Legal Training. That's it. Uh, placement. And uh, you have to get placed in a firm and, and I think it's eight weeks. And uh, they wanted me to help them connect with some people who they could do that, that training with. And I still maintain um, a lot of my connections from my old, old career as a, a criminal lawyer. And I sat down with him and I talked about it and I talked about all the options of going within a solicitor practice or working with a barrister and the different types of work he might be interested in. And a real excitement energy came up and I realised there's part of me that misses that Misses the banter, the winning feeling, walking out of court feeling like you won. Miss, misses a, I miss a little bit of the debate, the arguing. I don't really because I don't like just yelling and screaming and trying to um, force a point without much listening, which I find that seems to be a bit of the case within our criminal justice system. But there's a part of me that misses that ego element of the banter and the winning. What else came up? The excuse of not taking on more hours of work, saying that I don't have time, yet now I can't fuss about with all sorts of fussy, busy jobs. I realise I do have time and everything's still getting done. So then the real question you have to ask yourself is, if you do have time, is it that you don't want to do that? Or that you do and you've just been avoiding it from fear? Harder questions, right? Faced with the fact that I can be far more efficient and that I do a lot of fluff work that's not of great value, not, not so much work in my business, but lots of fluff jobs at home that are not much value. Uh, notice how much I love planning and organising. Notice how valuable sitting still and cuddling my kids is. Not necessarily for me, which might sound a bit harsh to say, I love sitting still and cuddling them, but how valuable it's been for them. Maybe it's the leg, but 
the love from them towards me, like just saying, I love you, mum, constantly, all the time at the moment, which is a mirror. So if someone is showing you a lot of love in your relationship, in your marriage, from your kids, from friends, family, if they're showing you a lot of love, it's a mirror that they're feeling love within themselves, usually towards themselves. Um, And that's been next level, which has been fantastic. And also really noticing how disconnected my mind and body can be when I never sit still. So lots of stuff has come up, right? Yeah. All those fears and funny stuff. A lot of it, not true, right? When you look at it, because I tell you what, it's been three weeks. I haven't gained any weight. I don't feel particularly lazy. I'm pretty sure my parents don't think I'm a disappointment. Um, I've had to look at some of my excuses and be more efficient. I've got to realise that I can still get everything done and that I can still be fit and strong without having to fill myself with constant moving. What about you? What are you doing right now? Are you moving, walking, driving, doing the laundry, doing lots of jobs? When did you last just sit with yourself without distraction? Do you know what's beneath your checkout go-to action? You probably do. I did. You just don't want to see it. But there's the thing, right? You look at it and you realize that a lot of the stuff beneath that fear isn't even true. There's stories that you tell yourself. None of it's fact. And some of it is actually stuff you need to look at. Like for me, the idea that I don't have time to do more work, take on more clients, which I realized is actually a lie. There's always time. The real question is, do you want to? Or do you want to be doing something else with that spare time? Sometimes we've got to answer the questions that are far harder to answer because we feel like we have to be able to explain or justify our response to others when in truth we actually don't, just to ourselves. What other people think doesn't matter. It's not our business. Where are you unconsciously telling fibs to yourself, out of alignment, out of integrity, How are you feeling right now in terms of your health, your relationship, your contribution to the world? How are you showing up for the little humans you're raising, for your intimate partner, your friends, your colleagues, for yourself? Are you managing all of this stuff or is it managing you? Are you running on autopilot, checking out every time you have any space to sit and take a look? How we think about life determines what we see, how we feel and how we experience life. If you think you can't sit still, you won't. And this idea of being honest with yourself, it came up again this week in a recent coffee I had with a friend. We were talking about, she she disclosed to me how last year she looks back now and she sees that she was forcing, and she knew it at the time, deep down, unconsciously, but she saw that she was actually forcing her child, her kid's a few years older than mine, primary school though, she was forcing her child to do a sport on weekends that her child didn't want to do. And her child said, I don't really want to do it. I don't like it. I don't want to do it. And she was forcing her to go to the trainings and go to the games and stick with it. And she told herself she was forcing her child to do it because it's good for you. If you commit to something, you keep, keep doing it and you follow through. But in truth, she was doing it because she wanted to fit in with the group of mums at the school who were also involved in that sport. She realised that it was all about fear of not fitting in. And that fear had her unconsciously put pressure on her kid to do a sport she didn't enjoy so that she as the mum could enjoy hanging out with women who were 
not even her tribe, talking about things that were not even interesting to her, just so she could fit in. And what she found is that throughout the year, she was increasingly doing things that weren't aligned with her true nature. She was drinking more, socialising in um, in, a, in context that she wasn't involved, interested in, going out late, partying or doing all sorts of things that this group of mums did a lot of. No judgment, but it wasn't her. She wasn't interested. That just wasn't her thing, but it was all about fitting in and fear of being on the outer, maybe being on her own, maybe not having a group that she fitted into at the school. Now, this sounds familiar, right, to all of you, because we all do this. We force ourselves to try and fit in to a relationship or a workplace or a school group, way of living, a body shape. <laughs> we try and fit ourselves into that square, shove ourselves into that mould so that we can be seen as normal or successful or smart or stylish or cool or thin or fit, whatever it is we think we've decided is successful is enough. It feels so high school, doesn't it? But we all do it, even when we're 40 and 50 and 60, trying to fit in to a place that was never our place in the first place. Where are you perhaps doing this? And you'll know it as soon as you ask yourself that question, because when our actions are incongruent with our authentic self, we feel like a fish out of water. We feel like we have to put a costume on, a game face on, we're guarded. Things don't feel easy. They feel edgy. When we get home after the soccer game, we feel exhausted. I encourage you to own that thing you do to try and fit in. That relationship, that situation, that kid's sports game that is not about the kids but about you trying to fit in. Radical honesty with yourself. Be radically honest and then just stop doing it. Quit the team. Resign from the PNF. Decline the lunch date. You may be with yourself for a while. You might not have a tribe. You might be left out of the group of mums at school or the group at work that go off for coffees, which is a good thing, I promise. You can do some of the deep self-work <laughs> that I've had to do in the last three weeks and uncover all those crazy fears, which is worth it in the long run. But I promise if you make room for your true nature, for your true self, your tribe will show up. You'll find yourself off on a weekend trip to Rome with some new friends and new new families and new people who you realise really align with who you are, that let you bring your whole self, that want you to be radically honest and in complete integrity, who don't force you into a square or a box or a hole that you don't want to get into, who just let you bring your whole self and they love all of that anyway. Radical honesty, my friends, complete integrity. I promise you, your tribe will show up. Have a beautiful week. Make sure you check out Your Life Design Self-Coaching at lauracarocci.com forward slash coaching if you are interested in my coaching program. And if you've been thinking about doing private coaching, you can check out some information about that at the website to lauracarocci.com forward slash coaching. Have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Hi there. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. If you want to take this work further and actually start to apply it in your life, you have to check out Your Life Designed Self-Coaching. This is my self-coaching program where I give you the tools and strategies to actually apply this work in your life. 
You can access this program today at lauracarocci.com. If you want to take all this learning and listening and start to apply it in your life, this program is for you. So check it out at lauracarocci.com. Thank you.